Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 190 for the week of November 28, 2022. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. We have a lighter docket than usual this week, but we'll make up for it next week. I assure you, you'll get your money's worth over time. Uh, Before we get into the data, I I just wanted to point out, in case you have missed it, that another deadline looms for railroads and some of their unions to strike a deal to thwart uh, work stoppage. The strike deadline is December uh, 9th, which is a week from this coming Friday. The American Trucking Associations on Monday added its voice to numerous requests that Congress intervene. One issue that ATA raised was that the railroads, as they did back in September, planned to stop taking hazardous materials, that would include fuel, several days before the strike deadline if uncertainty over strike lasts that long. ATA noted that fuel supplies, including diesel, are in short supply in several regions. In any event, it does look like Congress uh, is headed toward a vote this week on legislation to impose a tentative contract agreement. So we'll just have to see. Of course, a rail strike would carry some potential upside for trucking for the duration of the strike, which probably would not be very long, even if it did happen, but also perhaps for a few weeks longer as the railroads struggle to restore service. Uh, Even a work stoppage of a couple of days uh, would be very disruptive. Uh, We could see some diversion of freight that normally would travel by Uh, domestic container or by boxcar, and perhaps to a lesser extent by flat car. But trucking really just does not have the capacity to handle uh, the freight that accounts for the bulk of rail volume, coal, grain, and chemicals, for example. Okay, let's get into the data, and we'll start with a look back at the third quarter, specifically the third quarter in revenues for trucking and for parcel and local delivery, or what is formally called couriers and messengers. So in trucking, Q3 was unusual in that revenues on a not seasonally adjusted basis were lower than they were in the second quarter. That does happen, but it very rarely happens. Revenues were down 1.1% quarter over quarter. However, something else that very rarely happens is a 13.4% jump in revenues during the second quarter, and that is what happened this year. So Q3 was actually quite strong, even though it did not quite match the record revenues posted in Q2. Parcel and local delivery also saw lower revenues in the third quarter, 
but it's not a traditionally strong quarter for the industry. Not surprisingly, the fourth quarter is always the peak for the year, so we'll have to wait until February to see whether the industry surpasses the record not seasonally adjusted revenue it posted in the fourth quarter of 2021. I predict that uh, Q4 will be another record in unadjusted revenues, although I suspect it will not uh, exceed last year's record by very much, certainly not as much as uh, last year's record exceeded the prior year's record. Um, We will get uh, seasonally adjusted data and more granular data for trucking in a couple of weeks. Okay, let's look at diesel prices. And it was another week of good news for uh, truck owners, truck operators at the pump. The national average price of on-highway diesel fell 9.2 cents to $5.14.1 a gallon, and prices were down significantly in every region. After the spike we saw in mid-October, diesel prices have fallen on average in four of the past five weeks for a total of 20 cents. However, it was only the second straight week of declines in New England and the Central Atlantic. The price relief appears to be based on a combination of lower crude prices and at least slightly Uh, larger inventories of distillate. West Texas Intermediate has closed below $80 a barrel in four of the last five trading sessions. Okay, let's look at the spot market for truck freight during the week ended November 25th, uh, which is week 47. Uh, And in case you have forgotten already, that was a week that included Thanksgiving. So total broker posted spot rates in the truck stop system eased slightly during Thanksgiving week, but drive-in rates rose sharply, and that is in line with seasonal expectations for Thanksgiving week. Refrigerated and flatbed spot rates declined, but the previous week had seen notable gains. This also is not tremendously out of line with seasonal expectations. Total market rates were in line with the same week two years ago, and they were modestly above the five-year average. Now, as usual, The holiday week saw a large fall-off in load activity in all segments and regions, and that's all I'm going to say about that because the the volume numbers really are meaningless, and so I don't see the point in going through all the numbers, but it was a big drop. Okay, let's get into the info on rates. The total broker posted rate declined more than two cents. They were nearly 16% below the same week last year, but almost 6% above the five-year average. However, FTR estimates that rates excluding a calculated fuel surcharge were more than 28% below the same week last year. Uh, Let's look at rates by segment. Drive ad rates were up more than $0.07 after a gain of more than $0.06 in the prior week. They are more than 24% below the same 2021 week and almost 5% below the five-year average for the week. Uh, Drive-in rates excluding a surcharge were more than 39% lower than in the same week last year. Refrigerated spot rates declined more than five cents, uh, but that came after uh, an increase of more than 10 cents in the previous week. Rates are more than 22% below the same week last year, but they're right in line with the five-year average for the week. Rates excluding fuel surcharges were about 34% below the same week last year. And last but not least, flatbed spot rates declined about a cent and a half after rising just under four cents in the prior week. 
rates were nearly 7% below the same 2021 week, but more than 16% above the five-year average for the week. However, excluding the imputed fuel surcharge, flatbed rates were almost 19% below the same week last year. Okay, let's wrap up the weekly indicators with a look at mortgage rates, and they barely changed after the previous week's very sharp drop. The average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage in the latest week was 6.58%, and that was three-hundredths of a point um, below where it was the week before. Speaking of mortgage rates, let's stay in the housing realm and talk about sales of new homes. Um, there was actually something of a surprise here. Sales of new single-family homes actually rose in October to the tune of 7.5%. Now, that did follow a September that saw new homes uh, sales drop 11%, but that happened after sales jumped nearly 22% in August. So, over the last few months, it's a mixed bag to be sure, but sales in October were just 8.4% below February 2020, which ain't too bad considering how high mortgage rates have gotten. The inventories of new homes for sale came down... Uh, to 8.9 months from 9.4 months in September, but that's still quite high. By the way, the median price of new homes sold in October jumped 8.2% to a record high of 493000 Now, given that high interest rates have eaten into home affordability, that might seem odd. My interpretation, though, is that affordability is one of the reasons why the median price was so high. Now, if that sounds really weird, think of it this way. Mortgage rates probably are disproportionately hurting buyers of lower and mid-priced homes. If you can afford a higher-priced home, a higher mortgage rate probably is not a huge barrier. So what that means is that a higher proportion of homes sold were more expensive, and voila, you get a sharp increase in the median price. At least that's my theory. Okay, let's talk about the industrial sector and specifically new orders for durable manufactured goods, which rose 1% in October. That's the largest increase uh, in a month since the big jump uh, in June of 2.3%. However, as is often the case when total new orders outpace the norm, aircraft orders played a role. In this case, it was both a modest gain in civilian aircraft orders and a considerably stronger gain in defense aircraft orders. If we exclude transportation equipment, growth in new orders was half as strong at an increase of half a percent. By the way, new orders were nearly 20% higher than they were in February 2020, and that's whether or not you exclude transportation equipment. Also, new orders for core capital goods, that's non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft, rose seven-tenths of a percent, and they were just a hair below the all-time high in August. New orders for core capital goods were 23% higher in October than they were in the pre-pandemic month of February 2020. Now, here's where I point out, once again, that the Census Bureau data on new orders is not adjusted for price changes. And that means that new orders for durable manufactured goods are not as strong in real terms as they appear. However, even taking that into account, uh, if demand were really weakening, 
we surely would be seeing actual declines month over month, uh, not inflated increases. Now, we'll wrap up this week with some data uh, that sets us up for next week's podcast that will be mostly about the labor market, uh, business applications through the economy, increased 1.2% in October, matching the gain in September. Applications in October were 44% higher than in February 2020. Let's drill down a level to look at business applications specifically in transportation and warehousing, which is as close as we can get really to trucking. Applications rose 3.1% and followed strong gains in August and September. This almost uh, certainly represents increased applications in trucking uh, because um, that is one of the few industries that really could make that much difference uh, in, um, uh, in the number of business applications. I mean, think of it this way, uh, that category of transportation and warehousing, um, which is what we're talking about, uh, is you know, populated by trucking. It's populated by parcel and local delivery, um, what's called support services for transportation, which includes things like freight brokerage, uh, towing operations, and so on. Um, it includes, of course, warehousing and storage, but it also includes things like airlines and transit systems and railroads. And the last time I checked, we haven't seen a whole bunch of business applications for new railroads or new airlines. Okay, so that's a long way of saying that um, if business applications are up sharply in transportation warehousing, uh, that almost certainly includes trucking. It also could include you know, some local delivery operations, perhaps some warehousing, but trucking definitely has to be part of that. So again, applications were up 3.1% uh, in October. Uh, there were strong gains in August and September. And at this point, we are 70 3.4% uh, above the, uh, the number of applications in that sector uh, that we saw in February 2020. Um, that's the highest uh, that we've seen since um, February, um, the highest comparison, uh, but certainly is not the strongest comparison we've seen during the whole pandemic. For that, you'd have to go back to the middle of last year when we were up in the order of 90 to 95% um, comparisons. Okay, let's wrap up this week's podcast by recapping some of the key takeaways for the week. Uh, revenues were uh, lower for uh, trucking and for parcel and local delivery in the third quarter. Uh, diesel prices fell in the latest week. Drive and spot rates rose sharply for the second straight week. Mortgage rates barely changed. Sales of new homes rose in October. The aircraft industry bolstered new orders for durable manufactured goods, and business applications rose sharply in transportation and warehousing. Next week, we'll talk about the employment situation report, which includes, of course, payroll employment and trucking. We'll talk about job openings, consumer spending, and retail inventories. And we'll review new carriers and net revocations for November, and we'll recap the week in diesel prices and the spot market for truck freight. That's it for FDR's Trucking Market Update, episode 190 for the week of February, or I'm sorry, for uh, November 28th, uh, 2022. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe. 
and we hope you will join us next week. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.